Well, welcome Pastor Brenda. She comes. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, glory to God. Uh, CIA, you can go ahead and go to your class. I know you're going to have a blessed time, and everyone else can go ahead and take your seat. Glad that you are here tonight. Believe God's really put some things on my heart, and, and tonight my goal, my aim always is to please Him and to say those things that He wants to have said. But there's just something in my heart tonight that what I, I want to come across is, is not even so much about what is said, but the spirit of prayer and the, the spirit of the Father. I want us to just see His heart concerning people and concerning praying. God loves people, like Pastor said. God loves people. He loves the world. That's why Jesus came. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free. And there's times when we pray, every time when we pray, there should contain in our prayers this element of love. Now we know that there's all different kinds of prayer and we could just have a jumping off place here tonight would be in Ephesians chapter six, verse 18 in the amplified version. It lets us know that there's various kinds and types of prayers. It says here to pray at all times on every occasion in every season in the spirit. Now that's good right there, isn't it? To pray in the spirit, to pray spirit led prayers, not from our heads, but from our heart, touching the heart of the father. So in every season, we are to pray in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty to, to that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all of the saints, God's consecrated people. If there was ever a time for us to be alert, to be on guard, it's today. We are living at the end of this age and we need to be proficient in our praying because we know that powerful, purposeful praying, it paves the way for the impossible to become possible. How many of you want your prayers to be full of the unction of God, full of the power of the spirit, and that you see the results that you're asking him for? Well, we know there's many different kinds of praying, just like this verse just, just stated here. There's the prayer of agreement. There's the, the united prayer, prayer of binding and loosing, prayer of supplication, prayer of intercession, which is for the lost. There's prayer of commitment. There's a prayer of worship. There's a prayer of faith. And every single one of these prayers must be prayed in faith. You'll notice there's not a prayer of doubt and unbelief. And the only way that we are going to be strong and active and alert and in our prayers is, of course, if we base them upon the word of God. And we're going to spend a whole session talking about that, that faith is a key in every kind of our prayers. But tonight we're going to start a series, I believe it'll probably go about four weeks on some supernatural ingredients that should be found in every kind of prayer that we pray. And the one that we are going to center in on tonight is love. We pray because we are motivated by the love of God. Do you know, as a born again believer, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter five, verse five, when we get born again, this is what's in our heart. 
the love. It hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is where it shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Love of God is in our hearts. And isn't it interesting that effective prayer comes from our heart. It doesn't come from our head. Your head will tell you why you shouldn't pray for people. Your head will say, well, you know, they're never going to change. They're often ugly. They don't deserve to be prayed for. And if we aren't praying, you know, from our heart, if we're just praying from our head and we're, and, and not even, you know, sometimes not praying at all, we're not going to be concerned about people. We're not going to care what's going on in their lives. And then our prayers are going to be selfish. People that are not motivated by the love of God, when they do pray, it's all about me, myself, and I. God bless us, bless me, bless my husband, bless John, bless James, bless us four, and no more. And that's not the heart of the Father. Our Father's heart is big. Our Father loves the world. And our Father desires to meet people's needs. He desires to heal the oppressed. He desires to minister health and healing to the hurting. And you and I, as the body of Christ, we get to work with him in that arena. We get to be his hand extended. We get to be the love of God in action. We get to be his mouthpiece. We have this privilege of getting on our knees, laying on our, on the floor, however you pray in your car, wherever you're at. We have this privilege to be able to call on the name of the Lord and to be assured that when we call in the name of Jesus, according to the word of God, he hears. And he answers our prayers. I'm thankful that prayer is not just a shot in the dark, a hit and a miss. John and Lindy were just here for a few days and we had this little dartboard thing that, that we bought. And Libby was trying, man, she was trying so hard to hit the bullseye. And it was up a little bit high for her. So she's like, Grammy, make it lower. She didn't want, you know, she's throwing and it's going here and sometimes hitting and sometimes not. She wanted to hit the bullseye. And I didn't even tell her that she should hit in the middle, but she does have that sense, you know, on the inside of us, God's created us to win. And God has created us to pray successful prayers that produce tremendous results. It shouldn't be just, you know, throwing out a dartboard, hitting here, sometimes hitting there and not, you know, a shot in the dark. And it doesn't have to be when we pray according to the word of God motivated by the love of God. Another thing about our prayers being motivated by God's love shed abroad. Everybody say that. The love of God, love of God. is shed abroad, shed abroad. In, my in my heart. The love of God, love of God. Motivates, me motivates me to pray, to pray, to pray for the lost, to pray for the, lost. To pray for the hurting, to pray for the, to pray for the sick. sick. And that's not just a confession that we make. It should be a reality and a fact in our lives. If we're not motivated by the love of God, you know what can begin to happen? We can, prayer can just become a ritual 
And Jesus warned about our prayers becoming dead, vain rituals. He doesn't like that. He wants them to be ignited with the fire of the Holy Ghost blowing out of our hearts. Stemming from that love on the inside. But if we just kind of get ritual in our praying and we just kind of start praying out out of our head, we might start thinking, well... I know I need to pray for the lost, but you know what can begin to happen? We can begin to pray critical prayers, judgmental prayers. We can begin to say, Lord, I can't believe how they're living. I am astounded at what they are doing. They probably should just fry. They deserve to go to hell, but you know, it's my Christian responsibility. So God... Just save them as they're sliding in to hell. Just save them. Snatch them out in the nick of time. Because that's really what they deserve. And you know, it's easy to get like that. To look at what people are doing. Look at it the way they're living. And begin to get judgmental and critical without even realizing it. We might be not saying it, but we're kind of thinking, Lord, just get them. Just whip them, you know, just slap them upside the head. They, they deserve it. They deserve judgment. But you know that love compels. It compels us to cry out for mercy. Anybody in here glad you've had the mercy of God extended to you? When we pray from that heart of love, we're never going to judge people. And we're never going to ask that they receive Fire and brimstone. Love motivates us to stand on the side of mercy. And to cry out for mercy. What about praying for the hurting and the oppressed? If we, if we, uh, we have to care. And that doesn't mean carry a care. But it, we have to be concerned about people. We have to see people like God sees them. He doesn't see anybody as a throwaway. He doesn't see anybody as unusable or unfixable. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world about these people need to be fixed. And let's fix this and let's fix that. And everybody has issues. God doesn't look at people like that. He looks at all of us through the blood of Jesus. And we look a lot better through the blood of the Lamb. Amen. But if you're just wrapped up. In your own life and everything that's going on, we will not ever be effective at praying for other people. And that's not the will of God. This is something that Jesus said over in John 15, 13. This should be our motivation. Greater, I know y'all are so excited about this, aren't you? (laughs) It's the word. We're eating our spinach tonight. It's helping us. Amen. He wants us to grow in our compassion. Grow in our love for people. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this. Than that he laid down one's life for his friends. We know this is not talking about literally dying for someone else. Jesus already died for us. But what is it talking about? It's talking about willing to lay aside our agenda, agenda, willing to change our schedule, willing to get up in the middle of the night and follow that prompting of love, willing to miss a meal. You know, Dad Hagen, I remember years ago, even when he was talking about ministering to people in a service, that it wasn't like he had this big booming voice from heaven. I still remember it. He said he followed after love. 
And sometimes it would be just like a rope was pulling him over to a certain person, just following the love of God. And that's what we do in our prayer life as well. We were showing you those slides this morning. And if you weren't here to see the pictures of the Peru trip, you can still go online on the website. Some of them are still up there. But just this one lady, I mentioned this. We were in a service. I didn't know that woman. I didn't know what was going on in her life. But I kept feeling the love of God pulling me toward her. And just followed that. Just yielded to that. Then through the Spirit of God began to minister things to her. Found out later that she'd had a horrible last few months. Her mother and her father both had passed away. Her best friend, who she was the main caretaker for, had died a few months before. And this woman was dealing with oppression and dealing with depression. But you know what? The love of God. The love of God knew her heart. That morning as she was getting ready to come to church, she said that she was putting on her makeup and just began to cry. And she was like, Lord, I don't want this oppression. I don't know what to do. I got to get out from under this cloud. God heard the cry of her heart. And the love of God ministered to her. There are people every day of our lives that we come in contact with that need that same touch. From the master's hand. Sometimes it's for us to physically be there. And to say something. And to minister to them. Many times it's for us. To be his mouthpiece. In prayer. That's laying down your life. For your friend. You might know him by name. You might know something they're going through. Or it could be somebody. On the other side of the world. That's just crying out. God help me. I don't want to be under this cloud of oppression. God help me. You can be the answer. To somebody's prayer. Or you can be the mouth. That's praying. Over that situation. Either way it's awesome. To respond. To those promptings. Sometimes after you've responded to that prompting. The spirit of God may. He may prompt you to go. You might need to go and call that person. You may need to go over to his, their house. Whatever it takes to be love in action. Anybody in here tonight willing? Willing to be the love of God extended to a hurting, dying world? That's what motivates us to pray. Amen. With the love of God in our hearts, we can love The unlovable. We can bring hope to the hopeless. We can minister healing to the hurting. And when we're in this situation of talking about letting the love of God flow, it's so vital that we keep our hearts clean and we keep our hearts pure, free of clutter. Good friend of mine, Lynn Hammond, years ago, she wrote a wonderful book. On the master is calling. It's about prayer. The whole chapter in there on the importance of not having heart clutter. What's heart clutter? Well, heart clutter could be strife. It could be bitterness. It could be resentment. It could be jealousy. It could be doubt and unbelief. It could be holding on to something from the past. 
It doesn't really matter. It's between you and the Lord. But things try to creep in and they try to mess with your heart and keep it from being clean and pure. I've never drank alcohol, but I know 100% proof alcohol is probably stronger than 10%. And I know for sure when it comes to perfume, 100% perfume smells a lot stronger than 10% OD toilet water. The real, the pure is more powerful. And that's what we want flowing out of our lives is the pure love of God. The unhindered power of God when we pray. And that happens when our hearts are not full of junk. They're not full. We don't have little rooms in our heart that we're saying, okay, God, you can have every other area, but you're not getting in this part. You don't know what they did to me. I got to hold on to this area. I'm going to keep that door of unforgiveness locked. We're not going in there, God. That hinders not only how he pours into our lives and the blessings he wants to heap upon us, but it hinders what flows out of us. There's a river of life on the inside of us and it needs to flow out in full force. Years ago, Brother Kenneth Copeland had this, this vision and he saw this great big pipe and it was coming down from heaven and it was flowing into his life. And at the top, it was just gushing in the power of God gushing into this pipe and the pipe was still big, but out of his life, it was a little, little spurt. And the spirit of God said to him, you got to get rid of things that are clogging up the pipe. There's no problem on God's end. He's pouring into us. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Our hearts are filled. The power of God comes down into our lives unhindered. But what's going on in our heart can cause what's flowing out of us. We want to be a river of life. Amen. We want to be someone that is a carrier of God's love. A carrier of his life so that that burden removing that yoke destroying power will flow through our hearts when we pray (coughs) lord let the power flow with great force amen now let's look over at second corinthians chapter 5 verse 14 i want to look at this in the amplified Thank God, Pastor and I's voices are strong. Amen. You know, you share everything as a married couple, but I'm not believing to share as boogers. Y'all agree with me on that? (laughs) Just testing to see if you're awake. (laughs) You are. Most of you are awake. That's pretty good. Some of you aren't, but most of you. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 14 in the Amplified. For the love of Christ. It controls and urges and impels us. Stay in the spirit, Brother George. Stay in the spirit. (laughs) For the love of Christ. What does it do? It controls. It urges. It impels us. Because we are of the opinion and the conviction 
that if one died for all, then all have died. I love those words. The love of God does what? Say it with me. It controls. It urges. And it impels us. That sounds pretty strong, doesn't it? One translation says it just like this. Love, God, love, the love of God compels. When the love of God rules and reigns in our hearts, we'll be amazed at how we begin to see people. You don't see people as a nuisance. You don't see people as a hindrance. You don't see people on the freeway as just somebody in your way. You begin to, you know, maybe they're acting ugly on the freeway or they're, they're, you're in a store and the person behind the counter is not attending to you very well. You know, your flesh will rise up and say, ah, how dare you? I'm a paying customer. Get over here and meet my needs. Or you're in a restaurant and the waitress has not been very attentive to your needs. Your flesh wants to rise up and say, what's wrong with you? I'm never coming back to this place. This is horrible service. But you know what? When we begin to see people, the love of God urging us on the inside. You know what? The spirit of God may say, you know, you don't know what just happened to them today. You don't know how ugly their husband was to them before they came to work. You don't know the bad report they may have gotten from the doctor. You don't know what their kids are doing. It changes our perspective when we say, okay, I'm going to let the love of God control me. I'm going to let it impel me to see people like he sees people and allow that love to give me that utterance and that help and that unction in prayer causes us to get a glimpse of the father's heart, how he sees people. And then it will enable us to pray from a higher dimension. That's what I want you to catch tonight. And all that we're sharing is that there is a way and there is a place to pray from that maybe we haven't, we haven't come to as much as we should. Positions and places are ours in the body of Christ. We know that we're all raised up together with him. We're made to sit together with him in the heavenly places. That is a position of authority. And that is a position of being above. Above the things that are going on here in this life. Above the situation, above the sickness and disease, above the test and the trial of the enemy. That's where we're supposed to be praying from. We're not supposed to be praying down here surrounded by the problem. Oh God, oh God, oh God, it's too big for you. Oh God, they're acting like the devil. Oh God, these kids are demon kids. Oh God. They're just horrible. It's just awful. No. What do we got to do? We have to get in that place called spirit and see 
through the eyes of the father. He doesn't look at us as a problem child. He sees the answer. He sees the end result. He sees who we should be in Christ Jesus. And that's the place that we are to pray from. Not from looking at the circumstance, but looking at him. Seeing the answer and coming on up to that place of authority. Praying from a place of victory. Amen. Not defeat, not crying, not begging, not full of a heart full of anxiety and worry, but a heart full of love for people and a heart full of love for God and assurance. Amen. Assurance knowing I know in whom I have believed. The promises of God are true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray on the victory side. Amen. Victory. Hallelujah. No one. God loves people. God loves me. God wants to do in your life more than you can imagine. The love of God. The love of God compels us. The love of God controls us. The love of God urges us. And what it urges us to pray for people, but it also urges and compels and impels us to walk in victory in our own lives. If you're not walking in that place in your own life, you're not going to pray it for anyone else. Let the love of God be alive on the inside of you. Be assured. Be confident. My father loves me. My father meets all of my needs. And with this same love with which I have been loved, I can love others. That's what he's telling us. Let the love of God be motivated by that love. It'll cause you to take a place in prayer. That you've never dreamed of. It'll cause you to pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for your co-workers. But that love, it'll also send you around the world. You can go around the world in your prayers without ever leaving your living room. When you know what God has for you. And you know what he wants to do in other people's lives. Hallelujah. I just sense that the spirit of God is just, he's looking right now. He's seeking and he's searching throughout the body of Christ and even in this local body. And he's just saying this, will you be my mouthpiece? Will you be willing to lay down your life for others? Interceding for the lost. Reaching out with the love of God. Anybody in here willing to say yes? We are living at a crucial time. I'm just about done, but we are living at a crucial time. And we're not here to glorify the devil. He is defeated. He isn't all that. But he does know some things. And he knows that his time is short. And because that he knows that his time is short, his fury and his wrath have increased. 
I'm going to borrow something from President Bush after 9-11. He kept saying this, that we need to be vigilant. And as the body of Christ, we need to be vigilant. We need to follow those promptings in our heart. That's another reason to have your heart clear. Have your heart clean. So not just in the promptings of prayer, but when the Spirit of God says, don't go home that way, you don't go home that way. When the Spirit of God says, don't go over there, you don't go. Being in the right place at the right time, being led by the Spirit of God. God loves us. He loves you so much. He loves every single one of us. And it is his will for us to be protected. It is his will for us to be living in peaceable habitations. But it is our responsibility to be led by the Spirit of God. And in this day and age when tragedy does happen, and it will. I'm not, we're not believing it's going to happen in our lives. That's between you and God. And we plead the blood over our congregation. We're believing it's not happening to this flock. But there are going to be people that experience loss and experience tragedy in this day and age. And as believers, as the body of Christ, it is not our place. It is not our position to wonder why did that happen to them? Where did they open the door? Oh, I can't believe that. No, none of us know. And we may not ever know on this side of heaven. But we're not going to get under that cloud of why. And questioning. We're going to stand on the side of love. And we're going to stand on the side of mercy. And if someone that we know does experience a loss or a tragedy, what are we going to do? We're going to be there with the loving arms of God. And we're going to wrap the love of God around them. And we're going to undergird them. And we're going to support them. And we're going to nurture them back into a place of peace and a place of health. Amen. That's what we are called to do. In this day and age, to undergird and to surround one another with the love of God. I saw this scripture yesterday in the Message Bible. I thought it was so good. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 11, I believe it is in the message. But the first part we want to look at. Everything in this world is about... To be wrapped up. Signs of the time are everywhere. Jesus is coming. I don't know what day he's coming, but Jesus is coming. I've heard this all my life since I was a little girl. And that doesn't mean that I think less, you know, oh, well, I heard that 50 some years ago, so he must not be. No, he's closer. He's closer than he was when I was five years old. Jesus is coming. This world is rocking and reeling under the weight of sin. Even this very world is crying out for redemption. You know, there's a new heaven and there's a new earth that are going to come on the scene. That's why we're seeing all this stuff happening in the atmosphere. Increase of earthquakes and all of these natural disasters. They're not coming from God, but they're coming because this earth is groaning. This earth is prevailing under the weight of sin because sin has increased upon this earth. And the very earth is crying out 
for deliverance. Folks, we are at the end. And the love of God on the inside of us compels us to let people know the good news. Not bad news. Not you're going to burn in hell. You sinner. You unworthy thing. You know, you awful thing. No, it's time for us to herald the good news. The gospel is good news. The gospel is Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. You may only know that little song. You may only know John 3, 16. But that's enough for people to know Jesus on. Let them see the love of God. Everything in this world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay awake. In prayer. It's not the time to be asleep. It's not the time to be complacent. It's not the time to be slothful about our love and our service for the Lord. Be fervent. Be awake. Be uh, full of zeal serving the Lord. Full of zeal. And the love of God in our prayer lives. Stay awake. Be on guard. Be alert. The darts of the enemy are going to be hurled. But when you know who you are. And you're full of the word of God. And you're walking in love. Those things aren't going to stick to you. Don't give him any place. Be vigilant. Keep the doors closed. Amen. And keep your heart full of the love of God. I love that phrase. So take nothing for granted. If you were here this morning, Pastor shared about our dear brother, Reverend Ed Dufresne and his pilot, Mitch, were tragically killed in a plane accident this week. And one of the things that that did to me I'm rejoicing. I know that he's heard. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But one of the things that it did to me, and I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday, and and she said this. You know, it just makes us all realize we don't live in fear. We're in faith. Amen. Are you all in faith? Are you under the blood? The precious blood, the cleansing, keeping, saving blood. We're walking by faith. That's where we live. But on the other hand, We shouldn't take life for granted. We shouldn't take any day for granted. Oh, it's just another day. It's just a ho-hum day. Live every minute to please Him. To do His will. It's so easy to fall into this trap of just getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, eating dinner, going to bed, getting up. Coming home, eating dinner, going to bed. That's not what life is about. We have to work jobs. We have to make our way in this life. But let's live our life unto Him. Not taking any moment for granted. But every day that we have saying, Lord, I want to bring you glory today. Lord, I want to touch somebody's life with your love. 
today. Amen. Don't take it for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love each other as if your life depended upon it. Things like this happen with Reverend Dufresne. We had another wonderful ministry couple. The night that Pastor Mark and I flew home from Peru, they were flying home from Bulgaria. Their assistant picked them up at the airport, Austin, Texas. Church van had a blowout. It rolled both of them and their assistant were killed instantly. These kind of things, we're not happy about them, and we want to take authority over those accidents. But what it does for me, it's a reality check. Life is fragile, and we need to appreciate every day. And we need to do something for God every day. Be His witness. Pray for the lost. Sow a seed of love. And kindness, whatever it is, love, most of all, love each other as if your life depended upon it. This would be good teaching in the marriage session. Whether you're married or not, you need to love your family members. Stop sweating the small stuff. Stop being so nitpicky about, well, you didn't wash your dish. You left your glass on the counter. Love each other. Love one another as if your life depended upon it. Because you know it does. Walking in love. It's number one command. It's the only command under the new covenant. We don't have to go and live by all the ten commandments. Of course we keep them. But the love of God. If we walk in love, that fills them all. Amen. The love of God in us should flow through us. And that went on to say, well, we'll just read it all. It says, love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. And then I like this part. If it's words... Let it be God's words. Again, out of our heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth ought to be speaking. If it's help, let it be God's hearty help. Let it be God's words. Let it be God's help. Let it be God's wisdom and strength that come out of us. When we live in his presence having his presence in us and on us, it will be evident to those around us. And we will fulfill God's will. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah.